Good evening, everybody. Episode 112 of So What's Been Happening on a Tuesday night, the 24th of October. Special guest tonight, Adelaide's own Jessica Lux. We look forward to having a chat to her shortly um, in relation to music and her journey and also just in general in general life, what, what also happens outside of music and what makes her tick. Um, so a couple of uh, releases over the last couple of years for Jessica and a couple of great, exciting gigs coming up. Uh, had some uh, not long ago, but also some current gigs just about to jump on the road and head over to Melbourne. So look forward to catching up with Jessica live on a, at a few gigs. So uh, just before we do, uh, I'd like to put a thank you out to Todd Bennett from 16 Hands High, who's put this to, uh, or got us in touch, basically. Um, fantastic to have a great uh, person in the stable uh, looking after all your communication PR needs and all sorts of things. So um, thank you, Todd, for helping out put this together. Uh, just a couple of gigs that have popped up for this week. Uh, this Thursday, Davey Lane is jumping on stage with the Sparks uh, from California. So this will be an interesting gig down at the Palais. Uh, it's been a last last second uh, put together gig. So Davey's going to be unbelievable because he's only got a couple of gigs coming up this year. So uh, make sure you check that one out. Also, the Little Fates, uh, the last of their residencies uh, with Burning Grace, FJ and the Switch uh, and Little Fates at, is at the Evelyn tomorrow night. Uh, sorry, Thursday night. And don't forget this weekend, who we interviewed last week, Font with 10 Gallon Head at Coburg RSL. So that's Sunday the 29th. So there's a few gigs there coming up. Uh, also got a couple more shows coming up. Zoe Fox, we just had to move uh, a couple of days, so we'll work that one out for the next week or so. Um, but Justine McAllister, that's an exciting one, an unbelievable artist doing great things. Uh, we'll talk to her Thursday night, so look forward to that one. There's plenty more shows scheduled, so we'll keep you up to date um, with all that's coming up there. So, all right, tonight it's all about Jessica Lux, so let's bring her up. Welcome to episode 112 of So What's Been Happening, Jessica. Hi, how are you going? Very good, thanks. Thanks for joining me on a Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, my absolute pleasure. It's much more fun than, I don't know, regular work. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure you'd, uh, I'm sure you'd rather be practicing or rehearsing for uh, your upcoming gigs that you've got coming up in Melbourne. Um, but you've, you've had a few gigs recently over in Adelaide, I see. So um, that's pretty exciting, no doubt. Get the new music out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, they've been great. We um just released the we released released the single um, The Temple um not that long ago. And so these were kind of the the launch gigs in Adelaide for those. And it was really fun to finally be playing the songs live and um with the full band. So yeah, it's kind of touching Adelaide first and then we'll be off off to Melbourne soon. Very good. Very soon, actually. So in a week or so. So we'll talk about that one um, shortly as far as the dates uh, and where to find you. But all right, we're going to go back a little bit in time and we're going to go back to an, a very early days for you, Jessica. Um, tell us about this. And this is one of your first <laughs> musical memories that I've stolen off your uh, Instagram. So I hope you don't mind. But No, um, that's great. <laughs> definitely one of your first musical memories. Yeah, it actually would be, I think. Um, so that was a little, I think it was like a Fisher-Price um, microphone and cassette and you 
the microphone was attached to it and the cassette went in it and you could actually record yourself singing. Um, and so, you know, back in the day, you could you could hit record on, um, see the little red button? That's record. And um, we used to steal my mum's cassette tapes because this was, you know, we're talking maybe like 93, maybe I reckon, maybe 94. Um, and so I think it was 93 if I was four. And um, you would put the cassette in and hit record and so you could sing and record yourself. And um, my poor mum sacrificed many of her um, cassette tapes that she loved. So poor Enya didn't survive the Fisher-Price microphone escapades of my, my four-year-old self. <laughs> um and what else was other than Enya what else do you do you remember singing along to at that age I was recording over Enya <laughs> oh yeah okay sorry I thought Poor that might Enya. have uh, got a bit of a run as well I do I did love Enya um I still do um what was I singing at the time but you know I think a lot of them were just songs that I was making up on the spot um you know I was four years old so I was just making them up as I went along but um we had um Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey on CD and I loved those CDs they were my favorite and so I'm sure that they got a bit of a um bit of a rendition <laughs> on on the recording device but yeah I think a lot of it was just making up my own little songs and I loved doing that I did it all the time when I was a kid ever uh, ever kept one of those tapes or found one after all these years Oh, I'll have to sift through my mum's cassettes and see if she's still got them somewhere. I do have some recordings of um, me singing at about, I reckon I was about 11 or 12. I've actually still got some of those. And I do have a video of me singing at nine. So I might have to try and dig that up and um, see if I can get it off of the old VHS and into some kind of digital form. Because I think, um, yeah, you got to know where you come from. <laughs> That's right. The world needs to see. Uh, you're right. You're right. You need to see. Uh, where the background all began. Um, so obviously performing uh, became a little bit natural uh, to you as you've worked this little um, career over time that you didn't even realise was going to become a career, I guess, uh, and be on stage eventually. But is this, uh, at what kind of age did you feel that this was for you uh, as far as performing? Yeah, I I honestly can say that it it almost never crossed my mind not to. I um I wanted to be a singer. That was my, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a singer or I wanted to be a hairdresser. And, um you know, after leaving, I left school early, I left school at um, 17 and I actually did a hairdressing apprenticeship. Um, but I'd always, you know, performing was my favourite and that's where I preferred to be on the stage singing and, you know, just being immersed in music. So I don't think there was ever a time when I had that realisation that that's what I would do. I just always did. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, and at what stage did the guitar make its um, entrance into your life? Yeah, I picked up the guitar, I think I was about 13. And, um, you know, I'd been writing these songs and, um, you know, I'd been playing keyboard as well and mucking around on that. But I, um, I really loved Jewel and I really loved the Beatles and I loved Joni Mitchell and a lot of these um, musicians that I had really you know, grown to um, love that style of music and that the way that I was sort of leaning with my own songwriting, even at 13, they were all really guitar-based kind of singer-songwriter um, kind of musicians. And so I taught myself guitar at 13 um, from my mum's guitar, um, which had been given to her by my uncle. 
and um yeah he gave and then he gave me another guitar as well growing up so um yeah I think I was about 13 and it was just this idea that I I just wanted to be able to accompany myself really and I hadn't really um sort of you know been hell-bent on becoming a guitarist or anything like that I just wanted an instrument that I could travel with and you know just keep on writing my own songs yeah really interesting um to hear kind of the switch from the keyboard um and you play both currently yeah I would really um never really tell anybody too loudly that I play piano or keyboard because <laughs> there's there's zero finesse to my playing whatsoever it's um it's purely practical um and I just sort of use my theory knowledge to get myself around it so there's nothing nice about my playing I could just um I can hit the right notes when they're needed <laughs> that's that's about sure. it sure and does the piano uh does it even become part of your songwriting process now it actually does. I find that, um, you know, the sets of guitar uh, of chords that I gravitate towards on guitar are different to the chords that I gravitate towards on piano. And um, I use piano because I teach I teach vocals and um, I use piano for that. And I do a lot of scale work with my students. And when I'm mucking around with um, chords and things like that, making up scales or you know, little sort of singing activities, I, I sort of discover these little sets of chords that I really like together. So if it's a piano song, generally it will gravitate onto guitar so that I can play it live. But yeah, it's a really different feel. And, you know, what I would do sort of um, like rhythm wise is different on a piano um, to what I would do on a guitar. So I think it's nice to have a few different instruments because it really, it gets you out of your comfort zone and gets you out of your normal songwriting habits. Like I've definitely got my guitar songwriting habits. Um, but, you know, when I pick up the banjo or the auto harp or something like that the way I approach those instruments change the way I would write a song so I'm really grateful to be able to play a few different instruments and approach songwriting in different ways each time I kind of yeah play with a different instrument yeah nice nice um we're going to go back to a song uh from I think it's only two years ago now it's uh it wasn't that long yeah. ago um it your, flew by. <laughs> your other release yeah uh it was during probably the hard times no doubt um for everyone was this was this song kind of in the can pre-covid or was it something that kind of was born uh during and out of covid i think it was in the midst of it all and um yeah it was when i wrote this song it was there was a lot going on and um i was sort of digesting a bunch of things that were going on with um people around me and and covid and i think you know, depending on how you look at this song, it can mean so many different things. And even for me, almost every time that I play it, it means something different to me. So, um, yeah, I hope it can be something that people can listen to and just take their own spin on it, whatever it kind of, you know, happens to resonate with, with them at the time. Okay, well, we're going to play a couple of minutes of it uh, in a second. But what we're going to do is also bring up uh, the cover uh, that I think you used for it. Um, just tell us a little bit about uh, where this was shot. Um, I love it. Great yeah. shot. Um, this was in Palomino Studios in Maiponga where I recorded it. And um, my husband, this is like, it's. I, I love this photo because it's actually through a glass window. And my husband mm -hmm. was sort of like, you know, going around taking snaps of everybody. And um, I think this must have been, you know, right as I was tracking something. And it must, I, I would say it was the vocals. And I, you know, I've just popped the cans on, ready to go, and um, he snapped the perfect moment when I think I was, you know, happy and nervous and excited and 
you know, try to be switched on, ready to record a good take. So I really love this photo. It kind of captured the vibe of the recording on the day. Yeah, you're 100% right. It's a beautiful shot. Um, incredibly, some of those weird captured moments um, become album covers or single covers in this case. So yeah, yeah uh, well there's something really authentic and present about it that, that I like. Yep, for sure. And such a special moment from, from a pretty... Pretty strong title, but we'll talk about that in a second. So here it is, heavy lifting. We're going to play a couple of minutes. There's a darkness, lonely silence that keeps waiting. special spot you're going to have to tune into youtube and have a look at the rest of the song because uh, it's a great clip it's really well put together uh jessica just tell us a little bit about the inspiration uh to put the a lot of work has gone into this clip it might not seem you know i, I don't know does it seem like it for you as well uh get back at those times but there's so much work gone into this I haven't watched the clip back in ages, so it's so nice. So I I always forget how much I love it, and then I watch it back, and I'm I'm so happy every time I see it. Um, it was a lot of work. It was um, I worked with a um young um sort of filmmaker named Brian Casey, and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's interstate now. And um, yeah, I was put onto him by some um friends, sort of mutual friends, and um, I instantly knew that he understood the vision that I wanted with this song like I've been pondering over the storyline and um I wanted it to be um you know this sort of this woman um just in the clip you know not for always the song but just for the clip's sake we um I wanted it to be from this sort of this woman who um had kind of just wanted adventure and so she was kind of tired of the way that things were and she's gone to look for something else and I didn't want it to be um like too specific and I wanted even the storyline itself to be open to the, the you know the person watching and for interpretation and 
it was so amazing that Ryan was able to capture that the same way, the sort of um, like elusiveness. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have an ending. The ending is almost the beginning in a way. Um, but it was, yeah, we filmed that over two days. Um, and um, so there was all the sections with um, the beautiful Jackie who played our character Rose. And uh, we filmed all of her parts and that took, you know, it took hours. It took all day. And, you know, these things take a lot of time. Like you said, it was a lot of work. Um, and then we filmed the live sections at um, Kui Art House, which is um, here in Adelaide um, on the Florio. And um, the beautiful Lauren Kate owns that venue and um, she does amazing things there. So it was just, it was really special. So many amazing um, sort of parts just kind of came together. And yeah, I'm I'm still really excited about it. It's been a long time since I've watched it. So <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it should be. Uh, draw some more inspiration from putting together such a great song. It's, it's a real journey song uh, for me and it's a real catchy tune. Um, yeah, lots of highs and lows in the vocals, which are, I think is really cool uh, from yourself, obviously uh, displaying the, the range and talent uh, that you've got. Um, that's something that's across your, both your songs at the moment. Thank you. As far as, you know, um, plenty, plenty, of, uh, plenty of range and plenty of room to go. Uh, it's kind of almost, there's sections there where you're almost uh, playing almost a solo with your voice. Uh, I think it's fantastic. So keep oh, it up. Thank you. you know. Uh, obviously, being a, <laughs> obviously being a vocal coach uh, yourself and, and singing um, as part of your life, um, how hard is it to continue to kind of refine your craft of, uh, of, of the singing process itself? Um, I think the place that I sing from and the place that I encourage my students when I'm working with them to sing from, there are, you know, learning never, ever ends. And um, I'm always refining, you know, what I do and working on myself and my voice. But um, I think, you know, what I would constantly be aiming for and what I hope to always aim for is, um, you know, for authenticity to come first. And so for the song itself to come first. And then um, what I love about doing vocal training and, and um, vocal coaching and, um, you know, always working on those things is, you know, how the vocal structure works to, um you know, bring across certain emotions. So, you know, when the larynx is low and we're singing sort of like, you know, lower sobby kind of sounds, it's to emote a more intimate and sometimes sad kind of um, feeling. Or if it's a bright sound, then we'll use a bright kind of, um, you know, springy kind of vocal condition. And I love that because to me, it's like a endless um, kind of palette of tools that I get to play with. And I also love recording for that same reason that I can kind of listen back and go, you know, did, did that, sort of bring across the feeling that I'm really trying to get out of this song and, you know, did I? And I think when you're singing from the heart, often everything else follows suit. Um, but it is fun to have, you know, a few sort of practical things that I can pull apart, like I've got all my words tangled, fall upon when I need them. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that song kind of draws on different emotions, maybe at different times when you've either watching it or, or recorded it back. Um What's that really emoting for you now, just as you kind of watch watch that again? I think that the thing that's kind of really come to me personally is that heavy lifting really felt like it was a journey of, um, you know, being fed up with things and sort of, you know, breaking away from um, some things and noticing where there's some um, maybe like unsettled um, kind of feelings and look, looking for change and adventure. And then the temple is like, 
almost the antidote for that like the it's almost like the um the sort of the grown-up version in a way like it's um the temple I and the temple I wrote very similarly to heavy lifting heavy lifting was one of those songs where it all came out in one go and I wrote the whole entire song in you know maybe under an hour kind of thing it was one of those crazy moments where you know it just yeah it all came out and I was like oh my gosh I've got this finished song I can't believe that it sort of you know happened that quickly um it doesn't always and then the temple was the same I, I remember writing it and um it was on a harvest moon that was big and full and yellow and um again it was just like I wrote it one night I'd been out looking at the moon which I often do <laughs> and the song just bleh, came out and yeah it really again similar to heavy lifting every time I play it every time I work with it like while I'm recording it it takes on different meanings for me so yeah I think it's um for me personally at the moment it's the journey between the two that I'm really enjoying being um, able to be present in my own music. Yeah. So it was the natural kind of follow-up uh, really for you for, for this next song, um, follow-up from the first one? They kind of yeah, went together a, a in the story accident. almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we're going to just bring up the album cover um, a little bit. Let's go with that so we can see it a little bit closer mm -hmm. to the temple. Just tell us a little bit about that album cover before we play the the film, the, the clip itself. Yeah, so this is, um, so my amazing um, manager um, who you um, so beautifully introduced at the beginning, he, um, Todd Richmond Bennett, is a digital designer and um, just a designer of all sorts and has this unbelievable eye for design and detail. Um, nothing is overlooked when Todd's dealing with it. Um, and he, this is his design and so he came up with this and, um you know, we'd spoken about the song and some of the references and, um, you know, I'm I'm a very spiritual person and so I talk to him all the time and gnaw his ear off about, um, you know, all of the um, archetypes and things like that that I um, love and, you know, I, I um, you know, I resonate really strongly with a, um, a goddess called Hecate um, who really embodies um, strength and um, the ability to sort of like move with whatever you're given at the time. Um, and her emblem is the snake and it's all included here. And so I, I didn't ask for any of this. This is all Todd's amazing work, just um, mm. really pulling together what he felt the essence of the song was and um, from a beautiful, strong image perspective of what he knew would also look great online and on different platforms. Um, so it's just, yeah, in, in, my, in my opinion, it's perfect. I absolutely love it. <laughs> and we've put this on the T-shirts too and... Um, People have been wearing their T-shirts, so they they like it too. Very good, yeah. Uh, super multi-purpose and well done, Todd, uh, Mr. Todd Bennett. It's an absolute ripper. Um, I'm discovering more and more about your hidden talents or the talents I didn't know about. Um, so much more uh, you've got to offer. And how how nice it is to have someone like Todd, obviously in your stable, uh, representing you um, at such a you know guiding a bit of a guiding light, I guess. Oh, honestly, it's, you know, I've been a musician for a long time, um, you know, working in, um, you know, cover bands and, um, you know, writing my own music. But um, for somebody else to see what you do and take it seriously um, and just to kind of see a path and a vision for you, it's like there's not a day that goes by that I'm not grateful for everything that he does for um, me and my music. And just to have, you know, to have somebody kind of rooting for you and, 
you know, sort of pushing you along and um, keeping you accountable. I think the, the accountability is um, the hardest thing when you're a, you know, solo musician to, um, you know, to, you know, when things dip or you lose momentum, you know, it's like I don't have that luxury anymore. I don't get to lose momentum. Todd's behind me just like <laughs> keeping things going. Yeah. Um, and I love his music too. So I think there's, you know, there's a mutual respect for each other, um, for our vision and um, the way that we write and, um, yeah, just a real deep love of music. And I think that's what, um, you know, that's what our relationship as um, manager and um, musician are built upon is just a really deep love of music. Yeah, fantastic. And how did you guys meet? We met, I'm pretty sure we met at a gig. So I was I was playing, I was doing some backing vocals and um, Todd was there and we met via... Um, Travis Dempsey, who um, was, yeah, uh, Tra Travis was playing drums in the band and um, Travis and Todd have been friends for a really long time. And, um, yeah, Travis came and introduced us and we started chatting and um, I think we all kind of hang hung backstage for quite a while, finishing off our wine and talking music. So, yeah, I think, you know, when you're a musician and you've got the people around you who you just love to ramble about music and all the bands you love for ages, then, you know, it's a, it's a good cohort. <laughs> That's my idea absolutely. of fun. Absolutely. All right. Here it is, The Temple. We're going to play a minute or so. Um, now, this is a good clip. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Well done. Congratulations on the song. You must be super proud of how this one's come up. Um, the clip itself, it's like a little 
you know, little mini film almost. Uh, it's so well put together. Could tell us a little bit about uh, how this one came together. Yeah, thank you. Um, I am really proud of this song. Um, I worked with Ryan Martin John in recording this song, and um, you know, he's he's an incredible producer. He really draws the very very best out of you and um you know when we were recording we tried things that, that were like you know i've never done before like he um but through the whole track and you would have to listen really closely for this through the whole track there's actually a, a whisper track that's through the entire song where i whispered the whole song and he said it to me he was like oh i want you to i want you to try and um a whisper wh whisper this part and i was like oh my god that's gonna sound so lame <laughs> And I was like, that's fine, I'll give it a go. And then he was like, just trust me, because I reckon it's going to be really cool. And I listened to it back and the way that he'd mixed it in, it's like you would never know, but it just gave this incredible depth and texture to the song that just helped it, you know, encompass everything that the song itself was about. Um, so I'm really proud of that. And I got to work with, um, you know, my amazing musicians who um, who are on heavy lifting um, and then also the addition of um, Paul Cooper, who played on the banjo. Um, so that was really fun. Um, and then the clip, we did work really hard on And the clip I am really proud of because that was really super duper DIY. Um, we didn't have a budget or anything for this one. So it was like we had to do everything ourselves. And so um, there was my husband and um, a beautiful woman who runs an amazing um, sort of women-centred um, movement called She Is Seen, um, Libby Tozer. And um, we went out to um, some of the beautiful places here in Adelaide um, on Ghana and Paramount country. And we um, filmed all of ourselves. And um, yeah, we everyone just, you know, came dressed in their white. Um, and it was amazing too, because it had, you know, it opens with my daughter running into the forest. Um, my mom, my sister, and um, my best friends are in the, in the clip. So it was really special to be able to do that. Um, and then, yeah, we, I edited the whole thing, um, myself, um, and Libby came and helped a couple of times to, you know, cast her amazing view on it, but I had to learn how to edit videos <laughs> from scratch fairly well, yep. um, yep. and just figure it all out. It took ages, like it took a really long time. So, um, yeah, I am really proud of this one. And I think the rawness of it, um, is kind of what I wanted and I, I, yeah, you know, there's still things I look at and I was like, oh, I, you know, I might change this or I might change that. But, you know, it is what it is. And I think, you know, as human beings, we just do the best we can, you know, when we can. And that was that was what we came up with without <laughs> doing the best we it, could. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, so just on that, at what point uh, did you consider it to be ready? Was it a time constraint? Or was it a yeah? Okay, that's enough. <laughs> I've done enough. It was a time constraint. Todd was like, "You need to get this video out. It needs yeah. to get out." Um, and we needed to sort of like put it out. Um, at a similar time, the launch shows were booked, and so Todd's like, "Video needs to be out," and that was exactly what I needed to kind of go. Yep, cool. Let's let's knuckle down and settle. And um, yeah, that was uh, you know I'm good with a deadline. I I um work well. With a with a deadline, a bit of pressure. So yeah, that was. I, th I think otherwise, I would have just, I would have mucked around with it for so long, and I would have never really known when it was done. I think when you do something like that yourself, um, I don't know if it's ever done. You know, I could have kept going and changing things around, and we had hours and hours of footage to play with, um, and we had the best time. So 
you know, that was hard too, to sift through the footage and try to find what was best when it really shows how, like, you know, we were so there and having having a great time hanging out together and, um, yeah, the best footage was um, just what I could pick from really in the end. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because then you're back to a time constraint as far as the actual length of the song uh, to cut that in. So. It's uh, yes. like you said, you could have gone forever, but what a beautiful moment to, to be able to have uh, all the girls in your, your family and extended family to have as part of this, uh, you know, documented piece of history now. It's uh, it's really nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's a huge, um, something that I'm really grateful that I've, that we have, you know, we've got this forever now and, um, you know, hopefully my daughter will look back on it and remember all the fun things about the day. She had such a good time. Um, so uh, the other fun thing about this was that um, so I'm also a seamstress and I sewed my dress um, from scratch and I made hers too and she designed her dress and um, we picked out the fabric and she, um, you know, she really got to have a hands-on kind of creative experience too and I, I hope that she looks back on that and, you know, thinks about all the fun that we had just, you know, being creative and building something from nothing and that's kind of what, what the song's about and what the energy around the song is just like, you know, growing and uh, breaking rules and just, yeah, coming up with, with what you can and doing the best with what you've got. Yeah. It's uh, uh, how, how, how can you not enjoy that? Uh, you know, that, that line basically of, um, you know, being able to but just basically enjoy, enjoy what you've got. Um, that that's pretty much how it comes across uh, to me. So it's well done. Uh, congratulations okay, to everyone involved. Um, and it's on the it's on the up now. Uh, you set yourself a very high bar for the next uh, few songs, hopefully, uh, to come out. But let's touch on um, the gigs you got coming up in Melbourne first. This is a big one, George Lane. Um, you are in for an absolute treat. You mentioned you hadn't been to Melbourne and had for a long time, and and especially these venues which to be honest haven't been around for that long um george lane if you've seen any footage of george lane is a beautiful intimate um lounge room effectively big lounge room uh, the photos are amazing yeah i'm really excited to play here i think i'll be very very cozy and comfortable by the looks by the looks of things so i'm i'm really really looking forward to playing there that's um yeah, and the um, you know, as we've been sort of booking these shows and um, you know, meeting people and networking with the venues there, um, the people who um, you know, we've kind of gone through for George Lane have just been so amazing and kind yeah. and um, just yeah, supporting me and supporting us with what we're trying to do. So yeah, it's been really fun so far. Even just we're not even there yet, and I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, big shout out to uh, Lockie and John from George Lane who are. The most incredible hosts, uh, one behind the bar and one up front, uh, making you all feel welcome. He's an absolute, oh, they're an absolute I can't star. can't wait to meet you uh, properly in person. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, and we mustn't, mustn't forget the, the guys on sound there as well. Um, that's part of, part of the magic too. So we look forward oh, to. Um, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the 4th, 4th of November, that's Saturday, uh, George Lane, three, three o'clock start. So it's an early one. Um, it's an early one, so you've still got time to go out and celebrate afterwards. Come absolutely. and have a drink with us. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, this one could kick into the night. Who knows? Um, who knows? Tell us a little bit Anything about who else happen. is on the who else is on the lineup with you. Yeah, so this is exciting because we have the gorgeous um, 
um ruby jones playing with this one as well so um that's going to be yeah that's going to be really really fun so um yeah i haven't met ruby in person but i am aware of all the amazing things she does so i'm really excited for there and i've got um tom kneebone who's actually playing through the whole um tour um with me on guitar um and it's yeah it's an absolute treat to be able to work with tom he really um sort of takes my sound and elevates it and um i don't know just when you're writing a song you know you, you hope for different things and you hope for sort of textures to come out and tom will just pull the magic from you know something floating around and just you know bring it into the moment so it's yeah it's, it's just a duo show but i feel very excited to um yeah to be able to still present this soundscape to melbourne beautiful um and let's touch on the the gigs that are coming up in that uh trip to melbourne so thursday the second at Mary Creek Tavern. Now that shot um, you had where you recorded in your previous song, um, mm. that Mary Creek is very similar to that. Think tiny lounge room now, um, oh. beautiful velvet curtain and small stage, incredible sound, um, really well done. Uh, so you really, this, this will be a super intimate. It's a very small venue. Um, but that's what's going to be the magic of this night. Trust me. Uh, anyone that's up close, uh, talk. We talk about vocals and capturing your vocals. I guarantee you, you'll be suitably impressed by the end of the night of uh, how well it was captured. So, look forward to that one at Merry Creek, and then off to Castlemaine, uh, the tap room on the Friday night. So you've got a busy four days there for sure. You're a bit of driving, um, but yeah. super exciting <laughs> to be at the tap room, which is a great venue as well. Hopefully, a good Friday night. Um, at the tap room so is that was a duo for all four of these gigs or how does it how's it going to play out yeah duo for all four um todd's going to open for um I, I can't remember which show he's opening for it's either the tap room one or the one in brunswick um that todd's going to do an opening set um for as well so you'll get to hear some of um his amazingness and see one of like you said one of the many skills that he has and um yeah then then um, me and tom playing for the rest of them Beautiful. So um, George Lane as well, we just mentioned. And then on Sunday at the Union, and you'll love the Union Hotel in Brunswick. It's it's uh, a family-friendly kind of open bar um, with a with a great um, back room area. Uh, the front bar, people just come in all day uh, and it'll be really exciting. Is that, a, is that an afternoon as well? Um, that one, yeah, that's an afternoon one as well. That's 3.30. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, um, so that'll be, yeah, that'll be a I love playing Sunday afternoon shows. It's that's that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to them all. That's going to be. Yeah. Well, if you had have said to me, uh, "Pick me a perfect Sunday afternoon bar," um, you've nailed it in one. So this should be a really ah. exciting tour for you. So, great. Um, congrats to everyone that's helped put this tour together. Uh, what a great way to launch a single. Uh, what else is in the pipeline for you after this single's uh, out in the big world and this tour's done? Yeah. Um, so we've got, I've got another single, um, that is in the works now. So, um, we've got a couple of things recorded. Um, so we've got, there's definitely some things on the way. So we're just, um, yeah, kind of up to the point now sort of coming, um, coming out of the, you know, the temple zone, um, and into thinking about the next song and, you know, so much of what I love about music is creating the concepts around it. So, I'm kind of just waiting for a bit of a um, like a video concept and things like that to drop in for the next tune, um, and we can start to work on all of the fun 
stuff to do with that. And then um, the plan is to keep going with the album. So looking at that, hopefully, um, probably later on next year, by, by the time that we've done everything that it takes to get something like that finished. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the plan. A couple more singles and a big fat album. Beautiful. <laughs> and then a big plenty fat of, tour to go with the album too. Yeah, and to pay for it. Yeah, and plenty of singles. And to pay for it. Um, yeah, that's the fun yeah. part. Yeah, just, <laughs> you can do a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I must touch on uh, a couple of picks. Talk to me about, uh, this is like a little timeless classic, uh, this. Um, great pick. And just talk to me a little bit about that incredible instrument. I'll let you do the honours. Yeah. I So this is an auto harp um, and I absolutely adore it, um, despite what my band um, have to say about the old twangy, jangly auto harp. <laughs> um, and so um, you can see there I'm kind of pressing on some little white keys. Um, the instrument has um, about 30, 36 to, uh, was it 36 or 38 strings? It's um, got a lot of strings. And um, it's all just chromatic um, from, I think it's F or F sharp down at the bottom to all the way up to a really high C. And it just goes in succession all the way up. And as you press down on one of those white keys, it mutes down any strings that are not within the chord. So if you're pressing the C button, it mutes anything that's not in the key of C. Um, and then you strum, you can see my other hand there in the in the middle there strumming along the along the strings. And it, yeah, it makes a beautiful um, ringy kind of country sound. And they, there's not many around. Well, actually I think there's a lot around, but not very many people play them. I think a lot of people, you know, they say that their granddad have one and they have no idea what it does. <laughs> and that's how I ended up with mine. Um, but I had first seen them used by the Carter family um, and Mother Maybell, um, you know, you can find clips on her on YouTube um, of her playing her auto harp and she's incredible at it. Um, and another person who plays really amazing is the gorgeous drag queen Trixie Mattel. Um, she plays the auto harp like unbelievably as well. So, um, yeah, I, it's just so fun and it always gets a bit of, um, bit of attention at gigs because oftentimes people haven't, either haven't seen one before or they haven't seen one in a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real piece of timeless piece of history that's that's made its welcome uh, back on stage, no doubt. And there are people playing it around for sure. Uh, shout out to uh, Georgia Knight, who's a young up-and-coming artist. If you haven't seen her, please look her up. She's, she's a star and she basically plays a lot of guitar, droney kind yeah. of guitar, but also... Uh, mixes in the auto harp. So there you go. Um, oh, another a fellow auto user. harp buddy. There you go. So you might have to connect <laughs> when you're in Melbourne. Between, so that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, a couple more things before we go. I just want to touch on uh, some great photography uh, and shots that you've kind of put together in amongst this publicity for your latest kind of tour. Just tell us a little bit about a couple of these shots. Yeah. So um, I think this as far as the placement of this, this was, a, this was the Todd suggestion. Um, I can't remember who we had, my husband, um, Joshua and um, Libby and Todd all taking photos that day. And I have a feeling this one might be, I think this one might be Joshua. Um, and then all of us kind of went in on editing them too. So they've been, you know, we've definitely, it was a team approach. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the apple with the, you know, garden of Eden kind of feel and, um, all the wine and the feathers and the flowers in the background. So we just wanted to create 
um, this just wild feast um, was the end of the video. So, um, yeah, you'll have to go and see the end of the video to go and see the wild feast that happens at the end there. Um, lots of candles and fun debauchery, all the good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever thought about putting on a little intimate gig in amongst that candlelight kind of feel? Or are going to really oh, be you? I love that. Yeah. That would be, that would, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's my um, absolute aesthetic, I reckon. So that would be beautiful. Okay. There you go. Uh, and just a couple of um, behind the scenes type shots from your last uh, album. Um, a lot of people don't get to kind of see how a lot of this stuff comes together. So um, I think it was great that you put a couple of things up on, your instagram over time and and kind of put the put the uh you know behind the scenes uh, approach to seeing everything it's that how it comes together yeah i should do that more really because i um you know i think one of the things about the music industry um that i've noticed is just the sort of um you know it's it's really hard to figure out how things are done um especially when you're first sort of up and coming and um, you know, like I said, I've got Todd to help me and that's amazing. Um, but, you know, figuring it all out is really difficult. And I hope that, you know, as I continue to release music and um, continue to be in the industry, I hope to always be able to be transparent about how things come about and to be able to help people, um, you know, as as their career kind of comes up and, and um, yeah, just to kind of demystify um, how things are done because there's no manual. Um, and the rules and the benchmarks are changing all the time. And there's so many different ways that you can do things, um, which is great. You know, there's so much room for everybody to be creative and put music out. But it's also really confusing because it's vast and huge and, um, yeah, a big confusing, you know, technological world out there. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely probably need to just keep putting more behind the scenes stuff out there because, um also, that stuff's fun. Right? Like, I like to see the artists that I care about, you know, how things came together and it always interests me. So, yeah, yeah. they were fun. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, thanks for doing that. And um, just another, uh, what some, someone else that's appreciated, uh, obviously, your work. Uh, it's, it's not just what sits in front of the camera. It's uh, all the work and hard work that gets done tirelessly by uh, many people and friends, especially in this kind of situation. Yeah. You tie everyone in to try and uh, get you to help. And hopefully when you're on a bigger budget, uh, you can return the favour uh, back to them. Yeah, right now I just cook for them and bribe them all with food. So that's working <laughs> at the moment, but I don't know. It might be short-lived. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and let's talk merch for a couple of seconds. You've got a couple of pieces. Uh, beautiful tea. Um, black for me uh, is, is the option, but that's a great tea. Um, I love it kind of reversed out too. It's really cool. Um, and on a, uh, talk, talk to me about this little image as well. I, I yeah. My husband came time. up with this design. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, like I said, you know, the spiritual world is a big part of my life and, um, you know, just sort of like capturing that sort of mystical kind of, um, part of my life. So yeah, my husband came up with the design and he, um, one of the little fingers has my like the little love heart that I have tattooed on my hand on there. So they definitely look like my my witchy hands <laughs> with the little crystal ball. Perfect. All right, there's a couple of spots you're looking out for more information on Jessica, Jessica Lux double X dot com. Uh talk to us about the Lux name. Yeah. Um and so it's not my it's not my um 
birth name. Um, yep. Lux actually came from, um, you know, probably like a lot of people's names that are the, you know, their stage names. They kind of like roll on from a bunch of different things. But um, I actually had um, a jewelry line for for a while, and it was called the House of Lux. And Lux is um, how you measure like um, like glitter, like sparkly things. So yeah, yep. it's yep. a it's a form of measurement for sparkly things. And um, I changed my name for um, when I was performing a lot and doing a lot of cover band work just um, so that I could sort of have a little bit of privacy in in my life and, um, you know, kind of like separate the two in a way and have, you know, mm -hmm. performance Jessica and then regular Jessica, um, which when you're doing your own music, they don't, you don't really have that anymore, that they kind of mush back together. So it was definitely yeah. um, more of a... Um, the cover band thing but yeah it just kind of i just kept it i i really liked um the name and it felt like um a part of myself it was like maybe like a bit of an alter ego in mm. a way so yeah and i still do love shiny things <laughs> so still go. a part of me yeah i think that little um little line summarized you perfectly uh as far as little <laughs> glittery glittery moments i think i can very much see that even though it's the first time i've spoken i haven't met you personally in person yet um but i know you you radiate that kind of feel already uh and, oh, thank and you. some shots like this uh definitely show that for sure <laughs> thank um, you that was done by my husband too actually he's um yeah good good behind a camera I was going to say, shout out to your husband. He's done some great stuff for you. Um, making, yeah, he's good. It's, that's the perks of having somebody who also gets your vision and, um, you know, can see a little bit deeper. It's nice. I knew, you know, a lot of, um, I know if you've got to got that partnership with someone close like that, it's really nice when you can be creative together. We have yep, a lot of fun definitely. doing all the definitely. creative things that are there to be created. <laughs> yeah, yeah, documented um, very much so. Um, and a couple of last questions for you. What kind of advice could you give to a, a young artist right now? Obviously, you vocal coach them, but it's so much more than uh, vocal coaching, isn't it, uh, in, in life and their journey? What what kind of advice could you give to a young musician um, that's not necessarily starting out, but might just need a little bit of, uh, little bit, bit of a gentle push or, or a voice in their head? Yeah, I um I have the privilege of working with a lot of young musicians at the moment and um you know sort of yeah like people who writing their own music and um are well on their way to becoming um yeah like sort of emerging in a way. Um I would say don't be afraid to break the rules and ask questions and um see how else things can be done and you know push for um something to be different because different is what actually gets results um and i think on that as well um find some people that can help edit what you do um you know it's really hard to be um you know sort of more of a sort of a practical kind of sense it's really hard to self-assess and self-criticize what you do um so you know give get your finished song and find someone that you really trust um maybe not your mum <laughs> maybe not your sister or your significant other like someone a little bit removed who you can show your material to and um get some constructive feedback on you know your songwriting maybe your forms whether something goes for too long um but yeah sort of you know record yourself back listen to things and and be be critical in a kind and um kind of open-minded way so and again 
even in that, don't be afraid to just, you know, break some rules and try new things and um, just see what works. Beautiful advice, uh, Jessica, from someone that's on the road and doing it currently, uh, <laughs> but also uh, it must be really nice to, to work with some young talents uh, and kind of nurture them, I guess, a little bit as well as see incredible results, no doubt. Oh, it's so special. And I think as, you know, as I have moved from, um, you know, a sort of working musician in cover bands um, and, you know, getting a lot of experience there to doing things very differently because the um, original music kind of pursuit is very different to the world of cover band, um, at least it has been sort of in my experience here in Adelaide. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I think it's really, again, like I was saying before, like I hope to always be transparent and I hope that they can, you know, I can be someone that they can come to to ask questions, but also that they can see my journey um, and see what works for me and hopefully um, try out a few of those things and also maybe learn from my mistakes or try something new and see if you can do it better. I, <laughs> I implore you to. I think it's fantastic. You know, the, the young people coming up now, you know, I'm 35. So, um, you know, I'm talking the 15, 16, 17-year-olds who are writing amazing music, um, you know, they are really worth listening to. They have a perspective that is incredible and, um, you know, it's such a different world for them growing up and, um, yeah, we're lucky to have, um, yeah, this sort of new perspective that the youth has now. Yeah, uh, and a mentor and someone that does believe in them and most importantly gets them to believe uh, are really, two really important um, morals I'm sure you you push uh, and hand on to them uh, because it's true um, if you're not believing in your own self or or vision um, sometimes you do need a bit of direction but self-doubt's one thing um, being prepared to have a crack and uh, like you said break the rules is is really important yeah and don't take things personally you'll stuff up I promise you'll make mistakes and mm. I promise that you'll stuff up the favorite lyric of your song that you just wrote and You'll do all of that. I can swear on my life that you will, um, but that's not a problem. It's not a problem. You just keep on going. Just don't just don't stop. Just keep going. Yeah. All right, a couple of last ones. Uh, I know I've said that about five times, but here we go with a couple <laughs> of last ones. Um, you've been great uh, joining us tonight on episode 112 of So What's Been Happening. Um, an artist that we may not necessarily know of, but someone you've either worked with or really look up to at the moment, um, someone that's really resonating with you. Yeah, okay. Um, gosh, um, I have a couple because here in Adelaide, um, do you mean sort of like local local musicians? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think like here in Adelaide, we have this kind of incredible um, bubbling scene. So um, Ryan Martin-John, is someone who I really admire. Um, again, he recorded The Temple and he's a musician himself. And um, I love his albums and I love the way that he really follows his heart when it comes to writing. And you can hear that in the music. It's so, it's really present. And um, yeah, he's one that, you know, just tries things out and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, he'll try something new. Um, and I love that sort of like innovative um, kind of approach to things. Um, and I think um, another person is Jen Lush. She's she's um, just beautiful and I really, really love her um, storytelling 
um, in her songwriting. So she has that amazing ability to take something like a poem and a written piece of music and put it to music, uh, sorry, a written piece of text, um, like literature, and put it to music. And um, that's uh, like, that's a huge challenge. I find that really challenging that she, um, to do it, she can kind of capture the essence of somebody else's literature and absolutely like blow it up and make it um, even more um, meaningful than, you know, when it was, you know, obviously I'm a bit biased because music speaks to me <laughs> the most. But, um, yeah, I just I really appreciate the way that she can do that. It's just incredible. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Um, and if you weren't a musician or this wasn't for you, what would your other dream goal be? I have a lot of hobbies. <laughs> so um, I was working in costume um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but I think um, maybe something in food because I really like cooking and I also really, really like eating. <laughs> um, otherwise, um, this is this is going to sound completely off-centre, but I um, I would love to be you're going to laugh. I'd love to be in finance, <laughs> but only because I would love to be able to work with artists and musicians um, and sort of like devise some kind of like um, sort of financial structure that you can um, learn to find some stability um, as an artist because those two worlds don't often mm. sit very comfortably with each other and they kind of tend to be two separate things. And so, yeah, I think I do something really weird like that, like, you know, find something boring like finance and make it fun by doing it for artists. <laughs> yeah, right. That's It is very different, but it's definitely something that's it's required um, because it's so easy to have a pot of money um, and not know how to really maximise it. Uh, on the Or have no money and not know how to get from point to A to point B. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's plenty of challenges amongst that, especially post-COVID uh, with tours um, and trying to get it all as tight as you can for as little money with as much, much um, impact, uh, obviously, so can return financially as much as possible uh, to you. Because yeah. let's face it, that's that's you, not only doing it just for love, it'd be great to do it for life. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able just to not have to worry about stuff like that, to be able to, um, you know, be the amazing artist that you are and be able to just earn a living doing something that you got out like everybody else can. <laughs> All right, last question I've got for you that one of the boys normally uh, jumps on and, and asks our artists, uh, the classic dinner table question. Um, and you're you're having a dinner and you've got six or five other guests, a table of six. It's They can be um, alive or living, uh, sorry, living or dead, um, and they can, who, who would your other five at the table be? They can be anyone. <laughs> Okay. Wow. All right. Um, well, I'm going to go um, a little bit cliche, but I stand by it. John Lennon. Definitely would get John Lennon. Um, then I would get um, Dr. Andrew Huberman. <laughs> I've been listening to right. his podcast and right. I'd like to be partial to a conversation between them two. Um, I would have, oh my gosh, who else would I, would I get? Joni Mitchell. She mm. would need to come to the party. That would be great. Um, I would love to have Lana Del Rey because um, I think she would just add her own perspective to that conversation. Um, is that that's four, isn't it? Two more. 
Um, I would like to have um, my grandma. She could come, my nan. Um, I would like to have her at the table with all of those people. Um, she's incredibly intelligent and I think that she would put a good spin on those conversations as well. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, lastly, I think I'd have... Um, oh, that's tricky. I want to like, I want to be like, really make it count. <laughs> yeah, the last, the last seat. Yep. The last seat would go to, um, who else do I think does amazing things? Um, oh, do you know what? Maybe I just like go really spicy and add like a, a president who I feel like could, um, you know, or some, like a prime minister or somebody who I feel like could do with the conversation of being around really good people and hear some really good perspectives so yeah, not as like yeah. almost like an intervention maybe <laughs> respectfully there you go so we won't <laughs> we won't nominate one in particular we'll throw them all in the pot um they can all they come should... and they can all listen to the conversations that transpire between um humanitarians and artists <laughs> yeah absolutely and absolutely. learn a thing or two um, absolutely so all right where you're going to capture um or catch up with jessica is Firstly, jessicalux.com and also her link tree, which is really probably the, the spot that's all the current details of some of the stuff that's coming up straight away. So that's your first kind of port of call. So um, firstly and lastly, Jessica Lux, you're a star. And thanks for joining us on this show, um, on our humble little podcast that we like to continue to just promote music and meet new people, have a chat and understand what kind of what makes uh, artists tick. So Thanks for coming with on board this Thank journey so on a Tuesday night. Thank Look you for having me. It's been awesome. All right. Yay, Thank you, you once again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, early November is the spot you're looking out for, Jessica. So make sure you're there. Uh, thanks. Thanks again, Jess. Thank you. Uh, brilliant. Um, that was a great chat with Jessica Lux. Um, and we look forward to Thursday night's chat with Justine McAllister. So just a couple of people, uh, a big quick thank you before we finish uh, to many artists uh, and friends that have jumped on the podcast over time. So many more than this, but this is kind of the list that we put up. Um, and enjoy the week, most importantly. It's only Tuesday, plenty of the week left, and make sure you get out and see a band over the next few days. So look after yourself and take it easy. <laughs>